0: Hi, this is Jim Hampton. Um, I'm going to be on On Scream and Beyond. Oh, did I say scream? I meant screen. I guess that's all those horror movies I've made. In any case, we're going to have a ball talking to each other about my career. Jim Hampton, James Hampton, Jimmy Hampton, Whatever. <laughs>
1: Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 91 and we have a great guest coming your way. This gentleman has been in F Troop. He was Hannibal Dobbs the Bugler and also he was in The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds and a couple other movies with Burt Reynolds also. He played Caretaker in The Longest Yard. In Teen Wolf, he played the father of Michael J. Fox, the Teen Wolf, and so many other things, and he's going to talk about all those and a whole lot more. I hope you're going to stick around and join us for that. Also, if you're on iTunes and you're listening on there, of course, you get a chance to see extra pictures that we have posted only on the iTunes uh, MP4 Uh, M4A format, I get get that right. And um, also, if you're doing it on iTunes, uh, if you'd leave us a comment up there, that would uh, help us out, get up in the ratings in iTunes. And one other thing, the poll question for uh, this time period is, uh, over the past year, we've uh, accumulated the top downloads of the guests we had in 2009. Okay, now this is 2009 only, not the other ones before that and we're going to post the top ones and we'd like to know which one you found most interesting which guest of 2009 of the top downloaded uh guests shows that we had in 2009 was your favorite all right so if you want to go to our webpage onscreen to beyond.com scroll down all the way down to the bottom and you will see where you can uh, answer our poll question all right so let's get right into it because we got a lot to go on here coming up It's time for Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Please hang up and try again.
1: Remake Madness, well, it looks like 2011 may bring us a remake of 1935's Captain Blood. We've mentioned that before. Uh, It, of course, starred Errol Flynn. It's about a doctor who is wrongly imprisoned in the Caribbean and escapes with others, and they become pirates, sort of a Robin Hood-style thing. And let's see, Dinner... For schmucks starring Steve Carell comes out on July 23rd 2010 and it's actually a remake of a French comedy so you might want to check that one out and a remake of meatballs is coming your way in the 1979 original starred Bill Murray and there's no word yet on who will star in the remake that's about it for remake madness coming up next what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies and rumored movies right here on On Screen Beyond Upcoming movies, the film called Cancun, about a college student and his girlfriend who vacation in Cancun, and the girlfriend and her friends are kidnapped, and the boyfriend, played by Taylor Lautner, uses his karate skills to save them. And you can hear, of course, our past guest, Taylor Lautner, who did an interview, uh, two interviews, actually, with us. And they are posted at onscreenandbeyond.com. And you can go back into the past episodes, reruns, and you can check those out. And let's see... Logan Lerman and uh, Pierce Brosnan and Uma Thurman will star in Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief in February of 2010. It comes from the director of two of the Harry Potter films. And also February of 2011, Nicolas Cage will star in Drive Angry about a man out for revenge on the people who killed his daughter and kidnapped her baby. That's it for upcoming and rumored movies next we have Sequel City coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like Brian Singer will direct a prequel to the X-Men films. And uh, it covers the early years of Professor Xavier and Magneto. And the film Kick-Ass, which stars Nicolas Cage as the superhero is not even out yet, but they are already talking sequel. And the film comes out in wide release on April sixteenth, two 2010. So watch out for that one. And it seems The Wild Hogs 2, which we talked about before with John Travolta and Tim Allen and the crew, has been shelved. It seems the new management at Disney has wiped the slate of several films, including 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Robin Williams' Wedding Band. That's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... TV on DVD. As far as TV on DVD Falcon Crest the complete first season comes to stores on April 20th and look for Matt Houston the s- first season as it comes your way with a 6 disc set 23 episodes and the release is March 9th and also Monk the final season 8 arrives on DVD. On March 16th. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at movies coming out on DVD right here. Okay, as far as movies coming your way, Carrier, starring Chris Pine, comes to DVD on Tuesday, December 29th. As does District 9, the alien flick from Peter Jackson. And on that same date, "Capitalism." A love story from Michael Moore comes your way as it arrives on DVD about the global economic meltdown. And finally, on December 29th, Paranormal Activity comes to DVD. That's it for upcoming movies from on screen and beyond uh, on DVD, that is. And coming up next, we have our interview with James Hampton, who played Hannibal Dobbs on F Troop and The Longest Yard, he was Caretaker and so many other things. He's a fascinating guest. You really have to hear this. And he talks about so many different things, working with Jimmy Stewart and all kinds of other stuff. It's a great, great interview with a great guy. He's really a nice guy. So that's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has made us laugh many times over. He has appeared on such shows as F Troop as Hannibal Dobbs in the 60s, and such films as The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds, Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox, and even Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton, just to name a few. It's James (laughs) Hampton. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, James.
0: Thank you, Brian. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be anywhere in my age. (laughs) The well, oldies are the goodies.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing this, and um, uh, I'd like to start out. Uh, you know, we, we've got so many different things to talk about here, but uh, I'd like to start out with uh, how you became an actor. You know, were you always that? You know, looking to be an actor when you were young.
0: You know, uh, looking back uh, on it, I believe that um, I always, I just always was. When we were, when when I was a kid, um, we made up things and 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 I'd say, "Okay, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to play war today, and you're going to be the general, and I'm going to be the Nazi, and so forth and so on." and And we would work it all out and, and with the little playlists, you know, mm-hmm. and so you had to adopt uh, accents and so forth and so on. listen to the radio a lot, and um, I had a brother, and we we just we were always doing something like that um, when I went to college at North Texas State university. Um, I, I majored the first year in art because that's, my brother was a, is a commercial artist. And uh, I thought, well, I'd follow in his footsteps. And then I began to um, realize that no matter how good I was as an artist, I would still, still not be the best artist in my family because my brother was terrific. Mm -hmm. so I looked around to see what I would and they had some kind of cute girls in the drama department and I thought that might be fun (laughs) that
1: that seems to lead a lot of people into acting (laughs) I've heard that quite a bit
0: (laughs) really well um, it worked out okay for me Um, I really did uh, I I, I became a drama major and um, when I got in the army I got into special services it's a long story Um, and um, I did or did plays and and, and all kinds of ways of entertaining the troops and having USO people come over and so forth and so on. And I was put in charge with that in that I was in in Germany. And um, um, I happened to win uh, the the best actor in Europe in the Army. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that that was probably... Not a lot of people up for it, but anyway, there was. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, we had a a, a, a night where uh, we would receive our plaques and so forth, and uh, Esther Williams was there, and she gave me a big kiss uh, for winning, and uh, uh, she was just a doll. Yeah. So that was when I got out of the army. Uh, I went back to to North Texas um, to see some friends. Uh, been gone for a couple of years. And there was a professor there. She was she was in charge of the opera, uh, and uh, they did wonderful operas in North Texas. Wonderful singers. And she had been a professional opera star, and um, she liked me, and she she thought I was a cute actor, and so forth and so on. And uh, and she asked me what I was going to do with, with my acting, and I said, hmm, Well, I, I I understand that they're doing some plays in Fort Worth. And there's a fellow over there named Michael Pollack, and uh, I thought maybe I'd give him a call. And and she said no. I said why? She said never call him on the phone. It's too easy to say no. You just put on your best suit and get over there. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And I I went to Casa Vignana, and was the name of the theater, and it still is in Fort Worth. And uh, I came in, and I the the uh, receptionist said, did you have a are you going to talk? She to, wanted to know if I was going to uh, meet with Michael, and did I had I arranged to do that? And I said, "Well, no, I, I haven't." She said, um, "Well, um, if you don't mind waiting, you can have a seat," which I did. We chatted, and eventually a fellow came in, and he started looking at the his mail, and he looked at me, and he looked at her, and he said, "Do I have any uh, interviews today?" And she said, "Just, just one." <laughs> indicating me mm-hmm. he said come on in so i i i came in and uh, i told him what i had done in the army and and in north texas and he said can you sing because they they put on uh, musicals and i said no i can't sing." he said oh come over here he said uh, you're probably and he started playing the piano and he said you're probably in this key here do you know old man river and i said no not really i come to i really they can't sing oh sure you can sing <laughs> He said, old man, river, that old mason. He said, you got the part. That's fine. He said, and I said, why? I thought he was kidding me. And he said, no, I, I'm going to hire you because I, I think that you'll be okay. I've got things for you to do. And um, I did four, I did two plays and two musicals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, it was a wonderful experience. I got my equity card, so I went to New York. I got to New York I found out that they weren't really looking for me (laughs) and uh, I had saved up some money to go and I had basically hitchhiked to New York Uh, and um, it it just didn't work out I had to take a job and that's when I got drafted in the army but when I went back with my equity card um, I I had some phone numbers and I had some uh, I had some luck. I, I got on Password the first year that it was on uh, as, as a, a contestant. Oh, as a, a contestant, oh. Yeah, and I won 400 bucks at a set of encyclopedias, which I sold for 150 So that <laughs> made things uh, really nice. So I could get an apartment, and, um, and uh, I, I began studying uh, with uh, Michael uh, Howard, who was a wonderful teacher. And, and um, as a result of that, there was a young lady... Um, who gave me uh, a note at the end of one of our sessions and and it said she said call this guy he's making a short subject movie and you're just perfect for the lead and I said oh okay so I called him up and sure enough um, uh, I got the part and I uh, kind of forgot about it uh, in a way um, and it turns out that it gets nominated for an academy award and that's how you and I met hmm. Uh so when I, came to, when I came to Hollywood, I was coming to go to, <laughs> to the Academy Awards. Um, an agent had written me uh, wanting to represent me on the West Coast. I didn't have an agent on the East Coast, mm-hmm. but I thought, well, I'll, I'll go and see this fellow. So I came to town to go to the Academy Awards, and I decided to go over and, and meet my agent, and he was going to become my agent. And he put me in the car, and we raced over to uh, um, uh, to an audition, and I got a lead role on Gunsmoke, the number one show in on the country. Gunsmoke, yeah. And, uh, and we went to the Academy Awards ceremony, and uh, afterwards uh, we were dancing at the party, and I stepped on somebody, I turned around, it was Gregory Peck, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And before I could get that out, he said, oh, I saw you, Jim. And uh, he called me up. He said, uh, you're a very, very good actor. That yeah, that was a very very good show. I said, well, thank you, sir. He had won the Academy Award that year mm-hmm. uh, for To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. So, and Ethel Merman was coming down, the, you know, going, There's no business like soap, business. <laughs> and, oh, gosh, it was just, it was just a Magic Night and everything. Oh and yeah, well, sure. So, before I could go back to my waiter's job in New York, um, I had to do a, a show called Jeb for Gunsmoke. The, t- the title of the episode was Jeb, and I was Jeb, mm-hmm. and um, and it was just great. I mean, they were wonderful to me and um, uh, kind and generous and.
1: Uh, That's really something to be. I mean to. You know, to get a a, a spot on a show like Gunsmoke right off the bat like that.
0: Well, thirty years later, (laughs) I was directing and directing sitcoms, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was at the Directors Guild, and in front of me was Harry Harris. Harry Harris, good director, directed everything, and he had directed that episode of Gunsmoke. Oh really? I said, Harry, how are you? And he shook his head, and I had worked for him again. Uh, uh, later in, in my career, but I had an opportunity to say, "Gee, how did I get that part? You know, I wasn't, I didn't have a much, much experience in, in film." And he said, "Well, he said to tell you the truth, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hire you." <laughs> and he, I said, "Really? How did I get the part?" He said, "Well, it went like this. He said that three of us met. He said me and uh, uh Stallmaster Lister, Jim Lister." all Mr. Lister were, were, were casting agents mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Lister was there and uh, Norman O'Connell or, or O'Donnell who was the, the um, uh, really he ran Gunsmoke you know he was an executive producer uh-huh. and the three of us met <clears throat> and and uh, Norman said okay well tell us who's going to be here and uh, you know state your reasons and Harry said that he said, well, you know, I, uh, I like this guy, Jimmy, but uh, Jim, uh, Jim Hampton, but, <clears throat> I, you know, I can't take a chance with him. I mean, all, all I've ever seen <clears throat> was a, a short subject. He said, um, that's the only one I've seen. You, you know, he's in New York, and he's walking around in a suit and all like that, and I don't, this part, he's got to be able to ride a horse and so forth and so on. Mm. And, um, Did you know how to ride a horse? Well, I'm from Texas, sure. I knew how oh, I okay. To jump up <laughs> I, I had to found this stray horse as part of the story, and I threw a rope on him and jumped up on him, uh, you know, bareback and rode him off. And he's, and and I remember Harry at the audition saying, "Can you do that?" And I said, "Sure." And he said, "Look, every actor in Hollywood says he can ride, <laughs> but I really right. have to have someone <laughs> who can." <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm from Texas." So anyway, um, so he said, I just, I, I, I think we ought to go with this other guy who has a lot of experience, and, and, uh, and that's, you know, I can't take a chance on, on, this, on this Jim Hampton guy. And Norman said, well, that makes sense to me, so I guess I'll cast my vote with my director. And Jim Lister, according to Harry, said, okay, uh, in that case, I quit. Ooh, geez. <laughs> And, and he said, what do, you, what do you mean you quit? He said, well, if Jim Hampton isn't the best person for this part, I don't know anything about casting, and you ought to hire somebody that does.
1: Wow.
0: He said, do you feel that strongly about it? And he says, I do. Now, I never knew this, you see, and this and the man had passed away before I, I heard this story. Yeah. I didn't ever get to thank him. <laughs> but it's people like that. And, and when I talk to young people, you know, they're depressed. They they hear things like, "It's not what you know, it's who you know," and so yeah. on and so on. Nobody knew me, right? Yeah. When I hit nobody, but <sighs> they saw something in me that they they thought, you know what? Let's take a let's take a tumble here. Let's 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 try this guy out because you got to start somewhere. That's Somebody, right. Somebody's, you know, and everybody has got a a story, I'm sure. But that one, I mean. That guy, I ended up doing three gun smokes. They were thinking about making me a regular. But about that time, F Troop came along. And since I was in the Army, and since I was in F Troop in the Army, in the Sixth army <laughs> Cavalry, I thought, oh, this is, this is from heaven. <laughs> and um, I went in. I, I, I usually memorized the script right away because I, I wanted to look at Whoever I was talking to, or, you know, I, I wanted, I had that stage actor in me. And um, so I went in and I did the part and got some laughs and thanked him. And I started leaving and the director uh, came out and he said, Hampton. Uh, I said, Yes, sir. He said, You're a bugler. I said, Well, thanks. <laughs> so, so that was it. And and at that, was the, at that time, it was just that magic golden time where I can't remember going up and, for an audition and not getting the part I had written. I had had um, a few other shows at that time besides um, Gunsmoke. I had, I had done Rawhide and yeah. I had done uh, Dr. Kildare. I was a, um, kind of an in-and-out kind of funny guy with Ken Barry. And Ken Berry, of course, ended up being the captain. Right, Captain <laughs> Yeah, but can you imagine F. Troop? And when when we got on the set, the uh, the uh, wagons and the the uh, 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 barrels and so forth and so on that F. Cross Sabers Six, and that was the exact company that I was in in the army. Oh, really? Fort Huh. Yeah, F troop of the sixth armored cavalry.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That... So and that they just the writers just you know wrote that and yeah. and there it was and I thought well this is meant to be <laughs> and uh, and then that that's where I, I really got to work on my comedy chops.
1: Oh yeah, you, was... you were so good on that, show. You were a riot.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, Larry Storch was the man, you know, and and Boris uh, Tucker, of course, probably the best. Uh, straight man, uh, besides Bud Abbott, mm-hmm. um, of Abbott and Costello, and and he, he was just, you know, everybody was just great, and mm-hmm. the, the writing was great, and uh, it's just it was a lovely time.
1: Yeah, and it, it's funny because that show uh, nowadays, if somebody tried to make a show like that, it, it, there's actually things that were in it that would be considered controversial now. <laughs> You know, it's funny because usually it's not that way. It's it's the opposite, you know. But, I know, but um, you know that that uh,
0: well. You, you know, you can go back and read Will um, Will Rogers' stuff, and mm-hmm. it still works today. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, just change the name. Yeah. yeah. It, now,
1: was it as fun making that show as it looked?
0: It, you know what? I, again, when I talk to young folks. Um, the worst thing that can happen in your life is you hate, you drag yourself out of bed in the morning. You hate your job. You go into it in a But, but when you jump out of bed, you can't wait to get to work. You got, you're just, as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. And we just, nobody was ever late. I mean, we were just, just excited to be there. I remember the first time I met um, Forrest Tucker. He was sitting in a in a golf cart that he had fixed up. He lived about a block and a half from Warner Brothers. And he just wrote the golf cart over there. And he had um, uh, a bugle on it, and he, he had um, cross sabers on it, and he had um, he had a cooler uh, with uh, some felt beverages in it. <laughs> and he had old TV. And he was sitting in his uh, cart, and... Uh, and I walked over and I said, "Mr. Um, Chuck, I'd like to hear this. I'm Jim Hampton." He looked at me and he said, "You know, son, if your eyes were any closer together, they'd be in single file." <laughs> 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 so we got along fine. Huh. He was great. He was. Um, he was a he was a professional Irishman. He was, but he was he was great. And Ken Berry, probably the best in the world at physical comedy. The uh, wonderful dancer. Yeah, oh yeah. And then we had this great looking young lady.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: Wrangler Jane. Yeah. Melody Patterson mm-hmm. was, in fact, when she auditioned, she, she did it a little bit on her age think, because the uh, high average the producer, wanted uh, someone that was at least 18 years old so that they didn't have to go to school and so forth. And so it cost them more money and more time and all that. Plus, um, she saw the love interest with the uh, mm-hmm. Captain Parmenor. Um and um, <laughs> the fact is she was 15. Really? When she when she did the pilot. Wow. And her mom and her agent thought, "Oh, this thing will never get. well so let's just take the money." And, <laughs> and but they had to, they had to come in and say, "Hey, she's not really that old." So but we they liked her so much they said, "Well, that's okay. We'll Hi, everybody was pretty upset. <laughs> huh? Jeez, that's uh, so. Then they had to change. Or, or, the she was the aggressor. She was the one that wanted to. She liked them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and he was always well not in front of the men. You know, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So forth and so on. So they never did have you know kiss or anything like that, and uh, and it might have much funnier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Much better. So. Huh. No, and uh, and uh, Joe Brooks. Uh, who played Vanderbilt, our lookout, of course, he he was an extra. And and that's what they called him back then. And, uh, in fact, he was president of, of the extras. And uh, he went out and got some little Ben Franklin glasses. And the first time I blew my horn for a, a chow, um, come and get your chow, boys, come and get your chow. Only when I played it, it was... <laughs> 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 so... Um uh, he started bumping into things with his glasses on and so forth and so on, and everybody broke up and uh and uh, the director said uh, you're our lookout you're going to be our lookout and he he invented the part and I just think that's just great huh. so yeah and everybody every my gosh, we had every comedian in the world came on that show everybody was standing in line to be on the. Show. Uh, Don Rickles um, he he played Bald Eagle isn't that
1: great yeah <laughs> Jeez. you, had, you had, did have a lot of famous people on that show yes we
0: did yes we did yeah. and,
1: and I, I was Paul, looking
0: Paul uh, uh, Lynn was the singing Mountie he yes that's the right burglar of <laughs> <laughs> and he said we always get our man he's a Mountie yeah jeez so we we had we had some double entendres that uh, oh yeah slipped huh. by ABC I think yeah now it was, did it was a lot of fun a yeah. lot of fun that, that
1: are there any memories that, that really stand out about the show for you any particular scenes or you know behind the scenes things that happened or anything like that
0: uh well it's just that we I think we just were are like a family I think that's the closest thing that uh, we spent a lot of time together, and uh, and we appreciated one another. And everybody was very generous with with their uh, time and everything to help people like me, you know, do it right. Yeah. And uh, I just think it was the, the best comedy school anybody could ever go to. Now, what
1: caused the show to be taken off? I'm sorry. The, the show when it was taken off the air. Uh, would, did it just run its course and they decided to stop it? I mean, I
0: don't think anybody knows the answer to that. Um, what happened was um, Seven Arts bought um, Warner Brothers from Zack Warner. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do movies. And we took up two sound stages in the back lot. Ah. And uh, so we were you know, kind of in their way and, and they weren't really interested in TV. So they called up a ABC and said we, I, as I understand it the, the story was told me they wanted a 15% raise and uh, ABC said and we were in the top 10
1: oh yeah, geez
0: and um, he said no so they scrapped it well it did cost some money you know we had horses and, mm-hmm. and, and, but
1: the, the cast was not getting that much money Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not like they get now.
0: <laughs> no, no, not that, not now. I thought I thought five hundred dollars a week was a pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I got to raise the second year to seven fifty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But um, it, you know, it, it was a wonderful experience, and I when I look back at it, I can't. There are no minuses; it's all pluses.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, after that show went off the air, then you went on to uh, uh, be yes. a regular on the Doris Day show.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, Leroy. Uh,
1: what was his Leroy name? Leroy B. Simpson. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's <laughs> I, right. I remember that name. <laughs> yes. I went from a, a, a bugler who could play. Oh, I've got one quick story. Uh, I, was pl- I was playing the, the bugle because um, I could play a little bit anyway, and... Uh, I, and it, it sounded pretty bad. And <laughs> that's
1: what they wanted, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I got a call. We'd been on about three or four weeks, and I got a call, and a lady said that she was calling me from the Musicians <laughs> Union. And uh, I thought it was—I I thought it was a put-on. I thought that some of my buddies from North Texas, who were great jazz players, were—they were out in California, and they—they—you know—they worked in the. In the Movies and so forth and so on uh, as musicians, and I thought it was one of those guys that was putting me on. And she said, um, and she got really upset with me because I I was laughing and saying, yeah, yeah, sure you are. And and she said, you don't understand. You, you you're playing a musical instrument. and You're putting a musician out of work. And uh, I said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, lady. I said, you watch. F Troop next week and if you think what I'm playing is music I'll join I never heard it, another word from her <laughs> okay now we're now we're on the. I, I'm still I still stay in touch with uh, Dodo oh really Kapilov Dodo Kapilov. <laughs> Uh she is the most wonderful if you were to ask me you know before when I was a, a young man mm-hmm. and you know, I just thought she was the greatest actress. Oh,
1: yeah. Because she it. could
0: do anything. She could do drama. She could do, she could break your heart, make you cry. She could, you know, she was just, just great. You know, they just wanted a girlfriend like her. And, um, to, to, you know, to work with her, my God, what a great actress oh, she was. I'm sure. Just never, I mean, she was just amazing and sweet and, and um uh, great. Denver Pyle was also on the show as a regular. And mm-hmm. We became really good friends and, and, um, I, I hated to see that. Well, the show went on and as it, as it should. Um, they moved her to San Francisco so that she could go out and have dates and wear nice clothes and so forth and so on instead of just being a mom over two kids and living on a ranch. Mm-hmm. And, I thought it was, that was right. But, um, I hated the fact that, you know, I was out of work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, so how I did, had to go and do some movies with Burt Reynolds to make up for it. Oh
1: yeah. You no, know? <laughs> but how did you get the part of Doris on the Doris Day Show? Was that um, you know something you auditioned for, or did somebody some nope. director or somebody say, "Hey, I want him"? Or they
0: called they called up uh, uh, Paul Conner and said, uh, we, "We want Jim Hampton. This is what we'll pay," and they, they, we said, "Okay." Wow. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was that.
1: Now, did you know Doris Day before, before you got that role?
0: I had, I had met her, but uh, we, we were talking about this um, just a couple weeks ago. I called her up, and um, we reminisce, you know. And yeah, yes. Yeah, so we, I call up once in, you know, every few months or whatever, and she'll just talk and talk and talk and thank me for calling. And she's genuine, you know. Yeah. It's just it's. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say now, but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, she she seems I'm, like
0: I'm still a big fan of hers. Oh, I did. Um, early on, um, Pat Boone and I were pledge brothers at North Texas State. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, and uh, he was telling me about uh, this. He was doing a picture, I think, and I think it was at Fox. And um, I went over to see him there. I was on the lot, so. Uh, I learned that uh, darste and uh, and Jim uh, Garner were doing the thrill of it all. I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, on certain certain stage. And so I sneaked in over there and watched them. And uh, I mean, just like darste Oh, and I I thought Jim Garner was like the best looking guy in the world. And I ended up working. Can you imagine that? I ended up working with guys like. Jim Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did uh, a two-parter on his uh, detective show, and uh, I I worked with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, I played his uh, his um, nephew on a show that he did. Um, it was kind of a knockoff on a matter anatomy of a murder. Uh, it was called um, Hawkins Own Murder. Mm-hmm. And, um, gee, it was just you know, working with people like, you know, they're legends. Oh, yeah. I, I worked with Roy Rogers. I was in Roy Rogers' last picture. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I was a bad guy, though. <laughs> I got...
1: To... <laughs> I mean, as a kid growing up, Roy Rogers was always the, you know, the hero. That, oh, sure. You know, everybody, him and the Lone Ranger.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and Gene Autry. You, you you were either a Gene Autry guy or you were a Roy Rogers
1: guy. Right.
0: <laughs> I was Roy Rogers. Huh. Yeah. And just God, the people I've worked with, I mean, really, really, really top drawer. Yeah. And,
1: uh, now, did you have ever have stage fright when you were with these people, you know, that you couldn't get your lines out because, you know, you're working with Jimmy Stewart here? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I met George Pappard, and I, uh, Brenda Vaccaro. I, I knew Brenda since she was 17 years old in Dallas or, <laughs> Father owns an Italian restaurant, and I and I worked for his, her father. And uh, she used to give great parties out in California, and uh, and she, uh, George was there, and I introduced myself to him, and so forth and so on. And I told him how much I enjoyed breakfast at Tiffany's, and so forth, and um, and he told me he did this. Uh, uh, big movie How the West was one I think it was called yeah okay yeah. and um, uh, I think that's the one and he he was sort of a star. he was the star and they had all these great great actors that came and or, would come in and do their their piece in the movie and he said Jimmy Stewart was coming and uh, he, he didn't he said what will I say to Jimmy Stewart my gosh and he finally figured it out he would say Jim, Mrs. Stewart, you know, I'm George I'm Capard, and I, I certainly enjoy your work. And he just said that over and over in his, in his head. And he said, then it, it was, the morning came that Jimmy's coming, and uh, he, he was over at the wagon getting some breakfast burrito and a cup of coffee, and somebody tapped him on the shoulder and turned around, and, and it was Jimmy Stewart. Mm. And Jimmy Stewart said, uh, hello, "Hello, hello, Mr. Bart, I'm Jimmy Stewart. I really have a enjoyed your work." <laughs> Jeez. So he took, he took, and he couldn't say anything but go. Oh. <laughs> he stole his uh, thunder. Wow. But that's the way Jimmy Stewart was. He was just a great, great guy. Oh. Jeez. And he was, you know, he was. He knew all, he knew his lines and, and you know he wouldn't he wouldn't get out of wardrobe but out or take his tube off or anything else, you know mm-hmm. and, and one time it's particularly he had he had a lot of words that are hard to reference you can't, difficult to memorize because on the night of the fourteenth when Mr. Bradshaw was in the you know all those kind right. of things <laughs> in the courtroom, those those long speeches and that murder. And, uh, but he would, you know, he, he got it. And if an actor came in that hadn't memorized and thought it was funny when he made a goof and so forth and so on, he would just, Jimmy would just burn, you know? And so one day it had been a really tough day. And the first assistant came over to me and said, "Is it okay, if you read with the, with the, uh, script girl. And I said, so we can let Jimmy go home early. And I said, sure, that'll be fine. And uh, so he went over to Jimmy and he said, uh, uh, you can go and get out of your uh, wardrobe and get relaxed and everything. And he said, well, well, well why? He said, uh, well, Jim, Jim we're going to put the script girl in and, and he's going to take his close up and you can go. Oh, no, he said. You can't do that. You can't do that to an actor. I uh, know uh, nothing wrong with you, darling, but uh, you can't. You can't. It'd be different, don't you see? It, it, it wouldn't be right. And he said, uh, "Well, at, at least you can, you can get comfortable." And get you, he said, "No. Then I'd be Jimmy Stewart. I wouldn't be Hawkins. Don't you see?" <laughs> How about that? <laughs>
1: Now you made reference to um, Burt Reynolds, yeah, um, and and going well, on. Well, we met
0: on on Guns- on uh, yeah, Gunsmoke.
1: Oh, that's where you met. And yeah, then... he
0: was uh, Quint, the um, uh, blacksmith,
1: uh-huh. half Indian. Yeah, and you ended up making Longest Yard with him. Um, yes,
0: we did. That was a second movie. I think we made the first one. I think was called The Iron Cowboy.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know you had made one before.
0: Yeah, it was uh, an interesting movie. Uh, It was a movie about making a movie, and there was another uh, company there from the same studio, and uh, uh, they were making a movie, and we we played uh, we were drivers, you know, teamsters, Mm -hmm. and uh, and so we were so uh, around that cast and so forth. forth. It, It didn't work.
1: Uh. <laughs> not, not like the, the Longest Yard which is a classic I mean
0: <laughs> well you know um, Bert and I were, were good pals off screen and um we laughed a lot and he stole my laugh <laughs> Johnny Carson accused him of stealing my laugh oh really <laughs>
1: <right>.
0: <laughs> and uh but but he helped my career a lot um I did um three or four movies with him and uh, I did uh a couple of plays with him. Yeah. And it was, he was a very good uh, stage actor as well.
1: Now, I also noticed that um, you, and, and we're going to talk about this too later on, okay. later on, but um, you, you also directed uh, some of the episodes of e- Evening
0: Shade? Yeah, well, that's Earth's show. I mean, I, he was the headliner. Right, yeah. And um, uh, they did a, a story about... Um, the high school reunion and some of the guys would come, and I—we were all on the same football team, and so forth and so on. And um, I, I came in for that, and um, we would sit around together with the, the uh, cast, and different people would say, "Gee, this works. This this thing's not working," and I don't how to. And if I if I could come up with a line, I would come up with a line. I've always done that. Did I did it on F Troop. Uh-huh. Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't you say that? What do you think? You know, this kind of thing. So I didn't know it, but I'd been writing for some time. I just wasn't actually writing it down. I was just, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and you actually did write episodes of Evening Shade, too.
0: Well, I did. I did. Because Mary Lou Henner, mm-hmm. um, we were sitting around and... Um, and just that happened. And I said, why don't you say this? And uh, everybody fell out down laughing. And so they said, okay. And so they learned it was me that was doing that because Mary Lou told the, uh, uh, the powers that be, uh, Linda Bloodworth, Thomason, and Harry Thomason. Yeah. And uh, and so they hired me. Uh-huh. And they also thought that, you know, I could write for older characters like Charlie and... and uh, uh, Ozzy and and Hal Holbrook and mm-hmm.
1: you
0: know yeah, did <laughs> you talk <laughs> that was how good. about a cast? That like was that? An, yeah,
1: that was another good show. Geez,
0: unbelievable cast, and we had great writing, and um, except my script, no, uh, <laughs> no, I I uh, I I fit in just fine because it was very much like the way I grew up and and everything, and so I think I added. I was able to um, capture the older folks that. The, the oldest writer we had besides me was 35 years old so I had him by 19 years uh. at that time <laughs> but have you ever heard of hiring a guy 54 years old as a writer who's never written
1: <laughs> that that I'm sure that's not uh, the, the norm
0: <laughs> no and I was on that show for three years uh-huh. and when I left there um, I was the director and because I, again they said, you know, Jim, you're, you 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 know the writing side and you know the acting side that you're going to be a terrific director.
1: So, so so you you wrote before you directed for that show?
0: I did. I did, I I wrote one show that I directed. Mm-hmm. Um and that was very very rewarding. That's just about as good as it gets is to to be able to um, have an audience in jokes that you wrote for the right. people that are doing them, and they're laughing. Yeah, uh, that's a great. That's that's a high man. Uh-huh. Don't yeah. have no drugs like that. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: getting back to uh, the longest yard. Yes. Um, when you were making that film, um, did you realize that it would be such a classic?
0: You know, n- nobody starts out have a. A bad movie. You want to make right. the best movie you can make, but some, but they have a kind of a life of their own, and and you just until you get it on its feet and get it where it's supposed to be and everything, you just don't know if it's going to work or not. Mm. And uh, sometimes and and sometimes you just can't fix it. Yeah. Uh, so they you know they'll fire the art director or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, sometimes it just does not work and you and everybody knows it, and I mean i when I first read uh, I, I'm jumping over on something, but uh um, China syndrome, yeah somebody said what's it about? and I said, something almost happens in the first fifteen minutes. We talk about it for an hour and a half, and something almost happens in the last fifteen minutes <laughs> but i what I didn't realize that it was a terrific, and once we got working. Oh, uh, Jane Fonda, man. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, look at that cast, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's um, another one. Jack Lemmon. I mean, they nominated. Yeah, my gosh. I mean, great, great people. And and that turned out to be a, a, a terrific. Movie. So, but you just don't know. And um, from the first day, you know, we worked with prisoners. I mean, we were with. In, inmates. We were locked up every day with them, and then they let us out <laughs> to go home. Uh, so, so it was really filmed with. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Everybody that looks like an inmate is one, oh. including <laughs> the cheerleaders. Huh. And uh, yeah, the ones that look like girls. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: That, 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 that's the, that's the huh. one.
1: Now that movie, and of course, they remade it and. <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, it, it was okay, but the, the original is always, to me, the better one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually that way. Yeah. It's usually that way. But, you know, in a way, you, it seems like a compliment that they want to make a movie that you've already made. Right, They're yeah. talking about uh, doing something with Teen Wolf. Oh, that's, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Oh. I'm hoping they'll need the, the grandpa team, <laughs> well, it, it,
1: when they do the remakes like that, I mean, because I on, on our show we talk a lot about remakes and sequels and things like that. Um, but it, it, if they take a movie and remake it, it's always neat when they put in somebody from the original because it's sort of you know, I know they're making a different one, but it, it's always nice to see somebody from the show, you know, the original movie. Yeah,
0: that, it's kind of a homage, you know, right? But, but also, it kind of takes you out of the story, so I, I have two, you know, I'm kind of strained on that one. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's a cute idea, but then you realize, well, it's really a movie and nothing. Uh, I think the the dynamic that we had in the first one, um, um, Robert Aldrich, well, first of all, Robert Aldrich wanted me to play the snitch. I had a meeting with him and. Bert got me to the meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he said, "I want you to play this part." And I said, "I really don't want to play that part, sir." <laughs> and he started, <laughs> his face started getting red, and he says, "What are you What are you talking about?" He said, "This is a great part," and I said, "I I do I know I know I, I believe it is, but but I said um, my kids are in school." young kids in school and the fact that I'm an actor at all I already make some you know targets mm-hmm, yeah. and I just don't think that this part is the one that would be the one for me to, he said well then, who do you want to play and I said I want to play the Caretaker he said the Caretaker's only got five lines I said now he's only got five <laughs> lines and he laughed yeah. and he would just turn us loose he would just say okay we're going to go over here and we're going to do this and you guys work on it and that, the whole raisin jack scene was not in that movie, and I would say seventy five percent of what I was in was not in the original script. Hmm. So we just we just and and Bert loved to do that kind of stuff. He just loved to just you know just do it. Yeah, a lot of
1: his movies seem to uh, to they they just have a feeling of of just going with it. Yeah. You know, especially like these cannonball runs and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: You know, just a lot of fun. You know, go out and have fun and make a good movie. That's it.
0: Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. And, um, Americans, I think, uh, are very good at that. And Canadians, I'm positive, are very, very good at that. Because they've got all the comedy stars that come down. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, English guys, think they they want stick right to the letter of... You know, because they're used to doing Shakespeare and stuff like that.
1: Right, yeah. And they
0: want to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. I did a movie called Condor Man. Yeah, I remember that. And, um, and uh, the star that played Condor Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was just really puzzled that I would I would leave things unsaid until we're shooting or there's some business that I thought was funny about it. And he didn't enjoy that, but I mean, he came around. Uh, Michael Crawford, who ended up being the uh, Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. but he was uh, he was a swell guy, and he he put up with me, but he was just <laughs> he had a tough time.
1: <laughs> uh, now you were mentioning about Teen Wolf, and um, mm-hmm. uh, how was it on that one working with Michael J. Fox?
0: Michael, Michael, always wants. To excel, he wants to do better. Maybe it's because he's four feet eleven or something. But, <laughs> you know, uh, he's just a little dynamo. Yeah. And actually, we we started uh, before uh, Back to the Future came along. Mm-hmm. And at at one point, he was working uh, days for us and night for them, or this and that. You know? Can you imagine that? Jeez. Two, two movies. I guess there's probably other actors that have done that because they got real hot. Um, I, like, I don't he, know how
1: he could remember all the lines.
0: I <laughs> oh, but he was perfect.
1: He was
0: oh just, yeah. Oh, he's just perfect. And I, I did that movie for one scene. That the scene that, outside the bathroom door. Um, where I'm saying, come out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and there I am, a wolf. And he's a wolf, and and I think my line was, um, an apology is probably long un- uh, overdue or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'm looking like a, well, I was a werewolf. Right. <laughs> so oh, you forgot to tell me that, huh, Dad? <laughs> so that, and the only thing I well, there's two things I put in that movie, after that talk where he's talked about it landing on his face and so forth and so on and he storms out yeah the director didn't say ah. so I just sat there for a, a moment or two and I said that went well <laughs> <laughs> and that came we, we loved that that was funny and every, I hear it laugh. that went well lots of times and another line that I had was uh, you know with great power comes uh, great um,
1: responsibility
0: the responsibility exactly yeah and I—that's popped up in a lot of eight or ten movies.
1: Oh yeah, and Spider-Man. And, yep, 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 yep.
0: So yep. that's an homage. And uh, but but uh, the part where I get the principal Tim McCrell yep. <laughs> um, wet his pants was not in the script, and I realized that. And I went to Rod and I said, "Hey, we got to do something about this because uh, we've already got to set it up." You know, we—I I said that he lost control of his bodily, uh you know, blah blah blah, function. And I said, we got—we got to get him. And we were—we at, at the high school at the dance. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if we have time, we'll do—we'll we'll do it. What—what—what what, what do you want to do? And I said, I just want to just make him—you know—all we have to do is put in a growl and make my eyes—you know—in post. You can do that. And then we both looked down and we realized what he's done. <laughs> he said, okay, and. We had like ten minutes before we had to wrap, and we went over there and we did it one time, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a- later on, he said to me, he said, "Oh man, I'm so glad we put that into them." I said, "Well, it was you know, it was like half a joke. We did the setup, we just did do the punchline."
1: There. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, huh. but that's what happens when you when you when you walk around. Uh, and you are the person, and everything like that. You discover things that you you didn't do it just when you read it first. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, it's good that they that they're receptive to to the suggestions and things like that because yeah. it, it actually helps the movie. I mean.
0: Yeah. Well, it, you know, it was a good idea, and and he was glad we thought of it. So. Yeah. So was I.
1: Yeah. And then, and then, of course, you went on to uh, Teen Wolf, uh, the animated cartoon.
0: Yeah, I had to, I had to audition for that. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. You were him. You were He had this little character. He looked, looked just like me. He's a little pudgy. Yeah. But so was I at the time. So that uh, was funny. And that was fun to do a Saturday morning. cartoon. And, and I wanted to do everything as an actor. I wanted to do commercials. I wanted to do voiceovers. I wanted to do accents. I wanted to do drama. I wanted to get killed. I wanted to be the hero. I got I got one movie where I was the star, uh, and it was called Humps. Humps, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and look at that cast: Slim Pickens. Yes, okay. Um, Jack Elam. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, and and you can imagine with Slim Pickens and people like that around, and uh, and a little uh, baby camel that can lock and unlock gates, and do all <laughs> kinds of things like, who's looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was based on a true uh, historical fact.
1: Oh, really? The,
0: yes. The army tried camels. Huh? In
1: eighteen
0: in eighteen forty eight, we we got the territories of you know Texas and yeah, and, uh, and New Mexico and Arizona, and so they had to patrol those borders and so forth and so on. And uh, a horse would only you could only ride twenty miles. Uh-huh. And so you had to build a fort every 20 miles. Well, that's expensive. So, with camels, you could do it every 30 miles. Hmm. And and you know they'll eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the the train came along, and that was the end of that problem. Yeah. Huh
1: interesting. Now, uh, of course, I mean, if, if if people take a second to look at your your credits, I mean, you were in everything. Um, like you say, Condor Man and uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey, the, uh, the Greatest American Hero, Matt Houston, uh, Who's the Boss, Simon and Simon, and and, and I mean, it just goes on. Punky Brewster and and you know Mama's Family, and it just just so many different shows. Newhart. I
0: wanted. Yeah, I, that's a, I just wanted to be as rounded as I could be. I wanted I wanted to try a shot at everything and that and I was very lucky. Yeah. And I never did have to do anything else. Um, and that's all I got directing was um uh, really finished me off as an actor in a way because when you when you get a call from a producer and says we want you to do Shows for us this yep. season, blah blah blah. Well, that's uh, that's what buys Mama a Mercedes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. People, of course, when people move into directing, uh, a lot of times the fans don't realize, you know, that you're doing that because you know you don't hear of the director that you know unless you're watching the credits and things. But I mean, you you did, um, you know, of course, Evening Shade, and you did uh, Grace Under Fire, and Sister Sister, and Boston Common, and uh, smart guy. That was a lot of fun, mostly. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of great shows that you you've worked on. Well, on those.
0: well, thank you. I I, um, I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, that was something I want. I, I never, I was probably the only actor didn't really aspire to be a director. The reason I didn't is because when I got there, the director was already there. When I left, he was still there, and I thought, "What kind of job is that?" <laughs> He's the first one there and the last one to leave. You know? <laughs> so, but it, it's not like that so much with uh, uh, comedy and with um, uh, when we had an audience and so forth. That was that was great. That,
1: uh, now, yeah, you're also in an um, upcoming movie that's going to be out this year.
0: I understand. I, I think it already was on. Uh, I think it went right straight to television. <laughs> Oh, really? Which, which It's the, called Fire From Below, I think is the name of it.
1: Tell me your two favorite TV shows, old or new. doesn't make any difference.
0: Uh, I love the uh, the Honeymooners. Ah, okay, classic. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie Gleason. Gleason. and yeah. that, that bunch of, oh, my God. They were hilarious. To mm-hmm. me. And I like the uh, Dick Van Dyke show.
1: Ah, yes. A yeah. lot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I like yeah. Mary Tyler I got to work with her.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
0: I, she did um a um, variety show. <laughs> David Letterman was on it. Michael Keaton. They had not done anything before. Huh. And uh we we were on for I think nine nine shows for CBS.
1: Wow. you mentioned Dick Van Dyke and a couple of months ago I had Rose Rosemarie as a guest on our wow. show. Wow. And and she was And a, she
0: was with Badois Day too in uh, in San San Francisco.
1: That's right. We talked. yes, yeah. we talked about that.
0: She said
1: nice things about her, did she? She she's yeah, she's such a nice lady. Uh it's it was just oh, yeah. you know It's so nice to talk with her. Um but okay, now the other one yep. is two favorite movies.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> um, That's what everybody says. You know what? I got, I, I go back and I and, and, and there's some great movies. I know. Great, great movies. Yeah. And I but I I thought um um Henry Fonda, uh, Grapes of Wrath.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Uh, It's one of those perfect movies.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And wonderful story, you know, just... And the other one, Treasure of Sierra Madre. Ah, yeah. I thought that was just... uh, With Bogart? Amazing. Humphrey Bogart, he's on my list on a a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Now, were there people who inspired you uh, as you were oh, getting sure. into acting?
0: Oh, Mr. Tracy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Abbott and Costello.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Jeez. They, yeah. Of course. I, I went all to those, those, those people. And and the radio. The radio, I think, timing, you know, Jack Benny on the radio. My yeah. Yeah. And in fact, somebody asked me one time, said, "Where did you get your timing?" And I said, "I guess it was the radio because I'd always glued to the radio, mm-hmm. and that's where all the comedy shows were. I mean, before TV, that's what it was. Yeah, and there was some funny stuff, man. Yeah. yeah, jeez.
1: Well, Jim, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This has been this has been fascinating. listening to you talk oh. about these, you know, all the things you've been in and the people you worked with and. Just amazing
0: I've been extremely fortunate and I just in, in my view of things I just have to say that I was where I was supposed to be that at the times I was there mm-hmm. yeah and um, and uh, it's it's been a very fulfilling uh, and I, I still look forward to to doing the next one whatever it might be It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: We want to thank James Hampton so much for taking the time to talk to us. Jim really took a a nice, long talk, and, and we really got to know him and the things that he did and some great stories. Love hearing those. And uh, we want to thank him very much for that. And let's see here. We also uh, want to remind you that our poll question is up on the website. And we want to know of all the guests we had in 2009. Now, only in 2009. We've gone through and figured out which ones were the most downloaded. Uh, we've put them up on our website at onscreenbeyond.com. Front page, go all the way down to the bottom. And you will see our poll question. And uh, they're no random order. They're just in random order rather and uh, you uh, those are the ones who have been downloaded the most as far as the ones we had for guests on two thousand and nine. We're just curious which one did you enjoy the most, okay, so uh, put that down, you'll know, put a little click there, and it'll tell you what uh, how many people have uh voted for that certain one, and we're just curious so appreciate it if you do that and uh, that's about it we've got another one coming your way, episode 92 we're slowly working toward our 100th episode hopefully we're gonna have a nice uh, uh, special guest for you we always have special guests because they're always such good 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 people to listen to but anyways uh, we're working our way up to our 100th episode right here at on screen and beyond hope you're gonna stick around and join us for that and uh, next week of course like I say we have another great guest coming your way so until then this is Brian take care